Welcome to Voices from Freeze LA, brought to you by luxury fashion destination, Matches Fashion. I'm Bryony Stone, head of editorial at Matches Fashion, and in this series, we head to LA to celebrate Freeze and see the city through the eyes of history-making LA insiders. In this episode of Voices from Freeze, I am joined by AJ Gerard, a curator, educator, and art historian. From tour guiding at the Broad to working as an arts educator at the Underground Museum, AJ is a pivotal figure in LA's art scene, supporting the city's black artists. We talk about the power of representation and shaping the future of art history. You were raised in Texas and then you studied your BA in art history at Howard. Uh, when did you first move to LA? I moved to, well, I actually, for the record, I am from Los Angeles, but my mom moved me to Texas around like middle school age. Uh, and so that's where I finished out most of my school. And a lot of my upbringing is reflecting of that. But after um, school, I came back to California maybe in 2014 again, like permanently 14, 15 and, and lived here and started working my like art career we grew up in south central la so it has its whole connotations of gang culture and um class and all these different things that you know for the most part is also just a narrative it's not the complete narrative but it's the one that a lot of the world projects but i look to people like mr wash and lauren halsey who are working in the art world and folks like even me today i think we are slowly changing and adding to that voice yeah and i've seen you described variously so i've seen you described as a curator as an educator um as an mm-hmm. art historian too i suppose how you describe yourself is probably constantly shifting and evolving so i'd love to hear um in your own words how you describe what you do today multiple perspectives of the same person because i think i actually hold on the truest i think to the term educator i think that just is what i would love to be my life's work i think even when i stood in positions that weren't necessarily the figure for the authority on the voice of art like i was very educated and i tried to inform myself to inform others so that was a huge part of like who i was and that eventually grew me into these opportunities where I realized like I had friends, living artists who were producing work, who had amazing stories. And then the part about me writing those things down or orchestrating those things, um, I feel grew me into this art historian where I was coupling. I would always go, I mean, all the local bookstores definitely know me by name. They hold the books for me. They got, (laughs) they see the larger picture and how their stores help the ecosystem of like creating art history inside of our own cultural histories. But I think, yeah, the one that's like the most unfamiliar, after the pandemic, I organized a show with about 40 of my favorite artists and a a wonderful uh, co-curator from um, Jeffrey Deitch's gallery, Milan Frierson, and we curated a show called Shattered Glass. Because before that, I was like, what are you doing? And my dad would be the first person to say, like, what is this thing you're interested in? (laughs) When you were kind of coming up with that show and I guess formalizing the ideas behind it, um, what qualities did you look for in terms of um, the artists that you were exhibiting? Some of the artists in our studio visits was a certain type of boldness of them showing up in the world the way that they wanted to show up and creating power and worlds around them that was inviting. 
And particularly for me, that was a huge trigger point. Like I would say no one knew that the, pot- the potentials of what that, again, using this word boldness could be. Um, shattering glass came from my own intersections of personality. Like literally on record, my co-curator didn't even know this at, and maybe months into the project, I was like, you know, I named this, shoe, this show after a Jordan shoe. <laughs> She's like, wait, what? So it had all this like personal register to me that allowed mm. me to feel welcomed into this conversation as well. But I tried mm. to create. Lots of the artists that you bring together um, are young and emerging. Um, what's that about for you? And I'd also love to hear specifically thinking about L.A., which artists who are emerging should we have on our radar? You know, I, people always use the term like Harlem Renaissance to certain degrees when it comes to like the cultural circles that are happening in these cities. I, I can agree to that to some degree because there is this idea of like, you'll see these artists, uh, especially now that people know who they're looking at, they, they connect with one another in different ways. And so like, I remember, you know, um, to start naming names like Devin Reynolds was a friend of mine prior to this he used to come work with me and he's literally from Louisiana both of our families from there he's amazing and he would just come stand with me at work and we would talk about art and then when it was time to throw this together he just finished a solo show at a, a black owned gallery in LA and Jeffrey mentioned his name I was like that's like family let's do it that was one the Finley brothers were friends to me they were, and, and here's the amazing part about this whole thing is that when we were doing these studio visits, it was already naturally friends hanging out. So when you pick up mm. on information about like people are painting these works and, and then I'm like, well, where do you put them? Where are they going? There was like nowhere to put the work or nowhere to go with the work. And I think that's what started to make me feel extremely like, here's my moment to figure it out. So, you know, we built on that. And then, you know, can we add to this? So all that to say, yes, there are so many people, um, and those are just some of the guys I think you'll see people like Rick Ray, um, Gabriela Sanchez, Gabriela Ruiz, Rafa Esparza, Mario Ayala, Alfonso. The, the list is, this is a community. I'm really excited about what that shift in art will look like moving forward too, because I think we're, we're trying to show presence underneath some of these amazing generations of voices. So I think we're trying to show, you know, a little bit of the baton, baton can be passed because we're excited about continuing the conversation too. So thank mm-hmm. you for that. And when you think about continuing the conversation and passing on the baton, do you have a vision for the future of art? I know that's a big question. So I guess you can define the future for me. Maybe that future is in five years or maybe it's in 50 years. Antoine Sargent gave me this thought and it's one that's been my favorite since then. The immediate now is one of my favorite places to think about with the future. Because I think sometimes with the art world, it's always dirty behind or it's dirty ahead and it's never happening in the moment. And I like being, even if it's gonna exhaust me, I like being a voice that contributes to what's happening in the immediate now and the today and the feelings of what the world is experiencing right now. And I think it creates so much um, call and response to the art world too, because if you give this community something to think about that talks to them today, as I feel the show has helped prove, they will respond back and show up and validate why art is still important to our lives. So um, that's where I like it. And I think that if we continue to make a table that allows everybody a little bit of a voice, then um, we'll see exciting change and it doesn't have to stay stuck in any type of like 
I always use the word can't like canonical thinking. And do you have any advice um, for emerging black artists and designers who may want to get involved, um, particularly in the art scene in LA, in LA, but also, for example, in the fashion scene or within the creative industry more broadly in the city, but don't necessarily have the funds or the contacts to do so? Do you have advice for a starting place for them? I am super, especially with this honesty around like not having the funds, that's something that I've had to navigate as I grew up and understood the art world and its access point. Um, I definitely say put yourself in the space. Please go to openings. Please go to panels. Please go to um, these moments and don't like beeline to the curators. Don't beeline to other artists, but just show up, be a part of the community. I think after a while, like it's something I experienced, I was welcomed into this like sort of L.A vacuum because i had amazing people be like do you know this person or you guys need to know this person um i'm super i try to be an accessible point person and i always try to make it a point to go to other people's things and support them so that there is a voice of community like i often when i'm giving even as simple as a tour on a on a program i try to wear clothes that reflect brands the people that are like hand making things or like you know almost an and to be honest an artist of themselves i like to work wearing art if that makes sense so people ask questions because it's like i like to be accessible like aj who who is this jacket and whether it's like it could be as lux as like bodhi or it can be as familiar as like the young kid who just gave me their shirt at the opening and i want to make sure that they know that their contribution is seen so i like to mix and match those things but and this is a good year to dream i know that you know the pandemic is causing shifts but it's a great year to show up and at least try you know so we've got some quick fire questions now um what's your favorite piece of artwork that you own i would probably say um okay i'll give you two because i know people have pressures around print so i'll say my original piece that i love is uh i'll go with alfonso because uh alfonso's piece romantically was one of the works that i toured a lot over in shattered glass over like a barbershop aesthetic that speaks directly to la it resonated with me, especially as I have like my hair, like more Afro. It's like, it was, it was a space of both, uh, like becoming like other people, but also obviously a separation. And I thought it was a beautiful thing. And so then not being able to afford a work from like a blue chip gallery, even if I am the curator myself, romantically working with the artist, he created a smaller version of it for me. That was a lot more affordable for me that it still was like my bite-sized version of that show. So since then I try to collect versions or pieces from the shows that uh help me keep memory of what it is that i'm even doing so that's where like a randy would eventually come in and then on prints because i'm not um elitist i do think prints can also hold space in your heart too um delphine is probably one of my favorite prints i actually this is my second time owning this work uh because i didn't know so he gave me access to a print i sold it this <laughs> is a this is a, a inside story that has never gotten old i sold it because i didn't see i didn't understand why i was like i want an original sold it didn't realize like you know some of these artists like that is an access point to their work because they don't work in the the largest like way so cycle down a second version of it through another friend angelo um Bake, gave me access to it and now i cherish it because i know my friend's point of view so much more and it helps me between both of those things create a focus to what it is that i'm adding to the art world as i like study and go out into the world these things come back i come back home and i feel like I've reflected to my own experience. So that's mm. a great question. <laughs> and then what about if money were no limit, money were no object, do you have an artwork which you would like to buy? Uh, easily a Basquiat. I would have the biggest one in my house. He is iconic. 
And I love how, you know, he certainly started a conversation. Obviously, the image has become a lot more widespread and that that speaks to the the politics of the art world. But I still I pay so much um, homage to how he started that. I'm into some of these like uh, spearhead figurative um, conversations. So in L.A., where do you go in L.A. when you want to have fun? I have a, a level, a lane and I stick to it. And that's honestly where I get joy. I like to be challenged. Um but I'm I'm constantly like in museums, galleries, and in studio visits, studios. Mm-hmm. So, and where do you go when you want to feel at home? Oh man, bookstores, um, Arcana Bookstores in Culver City, Reparations Club in West Adams, um, the last bookstore in downtown LA. Other bookstores um, is another one of my favorites. I like used bookstores. I like the antiquated smell of books and i also like to go into those things because they're so miscellaneous i don't know what i'm gonna find it finds me and i think that's what is exciting about art history if i can meld those things together then i'm just i try to stay ready to give somebody else another version of inspiration so that's where i like to feel at home where do you go when you want to just switch the world off I like to go to my friends' stores. My friends own, I'm, 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 as I've grown my community out, my friends own um, really beautiful places of just like safekeeping that I don't have to be, I don't mean this in any form of egotistical energy, but I don't have to be the AJ that I think that the world has grown to appreciate or like or acknowledge or, or want to be next to. That could become a whole thing when you're like constantly on the go, which I'm working on this year. Um, so I like to go there and just be, a person and amongst friends, um, I think about places like Play Nice and Long Beach. I think about um, I think about Sway Soul Shop in Frogtown. Like these are people who they're all like in fashion, which is so ironic that like when I'm not into art, I'm next to other forms of creativity. But it's not. I don't have to be the master. I can go in and learn and just listen and just be. And and that's a that's a really beautiful question because I think we're all too work oriented sometimes. So thank you for that. Mm. Thank you so much for your time today. Voices from Freeze LA is a Matches Fashion podcast. Please hit subscribe to discover future episodes and share with anyone you think might enjoy it. To discover what's on and see the city through the eyes of history-making LA insiders, head to matchesfashion.com or join the conversation online by searching for Matches Fashion. Matches Fashion.